Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 109-95 to loss to the New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday night at Chesapeake Energy Arena. Barry, this one was all about the debut, the, the long-awaited debut of new Thunder forward Gabriel Deck. Uh, Deck, who is from Argentina, most recently played for Real Madrid in Spain. He's 26 years old, a 6'8 wing, and um, <laughs> he checks in late in the first quarter. And first assignment as an NBA player is defending Zion Williamson. Welcome to the NBA, Gabriel Deck. He actually did a decent job uh, defending Zion, and his first basket came against Zion, drove the lane, hit a fadeaway jumper. Uh, that was he, he had one other nice pass to Isaiah Roby, but that was sort of the extent of his offensive highlights. He was one of five overall, 0 of three from three, and the misses um, weren't super close, but um, kind of a cool <laughs> <laughs> kind of a cool debut for Deck uh, guarding Zion. I thought, well, what first impression? Yeah. Let, let's hear him. Well, <laughs> he's got a very strange shot. Very, very strange shot. Looks very flat um, uh, and sort of low. It's it's low launch. Maybe a like proportion I, to his head. I know he's from South America, but he played in Europe. But maybe it's a European thing. Poku's got that flat shot. Dex got the flat shot. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't. I, but I found that interesting. Um, uh, I did. I thought he started out early. You're right. He, I thought he held up pretty decent against Zion, and he scored on Zion there at one point. Made that little nice behind the back. Um, yeah, to Roby. Uh, somebody. Yeah, but it, it. You know, the longer the game went, the less effective he was. Um, he. I mean, he looks like he might. You know, he's got some skill, and he's got clearly he's got some basketball. Acumen, which is always a good thing. So I don't think he's, a, you know, I'm not ready to bury his NBA career after one night, but I didn't see anything that gets me excited saying, oh my goodness, the Thunder got a steal. Yeah. No, I mean, and also, I, I know some guys like come over later, like Campazo, you know, came over later and he's been quite effective for. Uh, the Nuggets, but like, you know, Deck is 26, so there's been plenty of chances for teams to try to to sign him. I don't know what the uh, what other interests he had league-wide. And, and remember, his contract is set up in a way where it's guaranteed for this season, not guaranteed beyond that. So I think it's I think it's far from certain that Gabriel Deck is, is back with the Thunder. I think they want to see what what they can in these 10 games, now nine games left, see what he can do. Um, I think they were a little bummed out that the immigration process took a while, that, you know, COVID pro- protocols obviously limited what, what they could see from Deck, but um, he, he's going to play. Uh, he played, let's see here, 15 minutes tonight. So I think that's probably more of, of what we'll see f- from from Gabriel Deck. And and it was interesting. Mark Dignall said after the game that, or he said before the game, Deck had not practiced with the team. Um, he had done no team activities with the team. And there's a, there's a language barrier in the sense that there's not that same language barrier with guys like Poku or, or Malodon or, um, you know, any, any of their other international players all speak pretty good English. And, um, 
they're they're using a translator with deck it's a it's a thunder scout who speaks spanish so it hasn't been the easiest adjustment period for deck well i mean when i I saw your note about that yesterday and it made me laugh and that's sort of the plight of the thunder season right i mean they literally trotted out a guy out there who had not so much as practiced with the team much less played with the team and oh also doesn't speak english so he literally doesn't know anything and uh, about about the situation now you know with the transition translation you know there's there's a little bit of information that can be imparted but to me that was just he he literally it was like if, if me or you just went out to the wreck <laughs> the rec center and just started playing with a bunch of guys we don't know i mean we could play i mean i could have 25 years ago but um but i wouldn't know what's going on and it's the same with uh same with deck last night he literally that was like a pickup game to him because he literally um he, he literally didn't know anything so uh he, he gets his work visa and then he's on, on the court yeah. playing against zion yeah yeah it's uh, uh you know uh it's it's just sort of the one of the microcosms of what the Thunder's going through this year. Um, uh, you know, he's free money. It literally cost him zero to sign this guy because they were going to have to pay that money anyway to get up to the to the salary floor. Yeah. So you know, it's it, it's it's literally a, uh, a no risk. It's a no risk proposition. So see what he's got. You know. And, he looked like a scrapper to me. I will say this, you know what? These these don't things don't always make sense. But the Thunder played ten. Uh, let's see, they played uh, one, two, three. They played eleven guys last night. Played eleven guys against New Orleans. Uh, only two of the eleven finished in the positive, a plus minus. One of them was Gabriel Deck. Uh, they outscored New Orleans by one point with uh, him on the court for those interesting half minutes. So. The other was Poku, who went three of 16 from the field. So uh, some things don't make sense at all. Uh, Lou Dort was minus six and looked like maybe the only player out there with uh, having any kind of a decent game. I shouldn't say that. Roby was really good last night, I thought. But anyway, um, yeah, Deck, we'll see what he's got. You know, I think the odds are long that he makes it in the NBA. I think they might even be longer that he makes it with the Thunder. Yeah. But, you know, can't hurt. It can't yeah. hurt at all. I agree. Um, last couple things on deck. One, his nickname is La Tortuga, the turtle. Um, I'm curious as to what that is all about, and hopefully we we find out about that. And two, he's got a super fan in Manu Ginobili who was uh, basically live tweeting the Thunder game or, or at least tweeting a few deck highlights and, and being uh, just – extremely joyful at what Gabriel Deck, his fellow countrymen, was was doing. So I thought that was pretty cool to see uh, Ginobili watching the Thunder just to see what Deck could do because, like, I, I can't overstate this enough. Like, the amount of um, media from Argentina that's on these, like, post-game Zooms now. Like, Mark Degno, he was probably asked six questions post-game. Um I, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I asked about Gabriel Deck, but I think like four of the six were about Deck, and a, a lot of them were international media, presumably um, from Argentina, maybe from Spain, where he played for Real Madrid. But like he's 
it's just like another player that we're sort of like watching or or covering. Um, but like it's a it, it's a bigger deal than that in Argentina, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, it's, they got a decent Argentina has a decent basketball heritage. Uh, I think they won the Olympic gold. I think. Yeah, I can't remember, but they put about that. So it's a it's a you know it's a place that you know, likes basketball, and it's a place that. Um, you know, when you get past soccer, um, basketball player, some of the biggest heroes, somebody like Ginobili, of course, is not just an all world player, but an all world person. And so, any association with Manu Ginobili gets everybody's eyes raised. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I can see why the Thunder would, would take this, would take this, uh, this, uh, not a risk, they'd take this endeavor. Just see what Gabriel has. Do you do you think the turtle nickname is a, a lack of speed? Um, what do you what what's your guess before we truly find out? Well, I don't I don't know. It's a, does he have? You know, is it somebody's? I didn't I didn't notice anything physically. Yeah, no. His, I, maybe, his tattoos his tattoos seem to be one sided. He had one arm all tatted up and the other one not. That's always an interesting look to me. Um, yeah, maybe we maybe we shouldn't guess as far as the turtle nickname. I'll I'll, I'll let Gabriel. Maybe he goes into a shell. I don't know. He's what, really uh, good in the defensive yeah. shell. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, other stuff from this game: the Thunder explored its roster, Barry. That is, that's the term Mark Dignall loves loves to use. And by exploring the roster, that meant Deck was in. That meant Charlie Brown Jr. was in. That meant Josh Hall was in. And it meant that Kenrich Williams was out. So um, we've we've obviously seen, you know, Al Horford sit out. That's a unique situation, and that was a mutual agreement with the team and makes sense. We don't have to explain that again. This one was a little bit different in that Kenrich Williams is obviously one of their better players, more productive, you know, doesn't play a ton of minutes, but, you know um, – is, is squarely in the rotation and, and effective. And and Mark Dignall was pretty transparent before the game um, in saying that Kenrich Williams was going to set this one out so these younger guys could play. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yes. Um, can't blame anybody. I mean, the Thunder was smarting coming off a win. Uh, <laughs> Want to make sure they didn't let that happen again. So what's the best way to what's the best way to lose an NBA game? I'm asking you, St. Joe, what's the best way to lose an NBA? Uh, sit some of your better players. Yes, and play with non-NBA players. Yeah, and, and play younger guys that have no experience. The, the Thunder – now, I'm not saying these guys aren't NBA players, but the Thunder last night used three players that we're not sure are NBA players in, in Charlie Brown Jr., Gabriel Deck, and Josh Hall. Now, we know that Roby's proven he's an NBA player. Uh, you know, Ty Jerome this season has proven that he's an NBA player. Sfee is an NBA player. But Charlie Brown Jr., Gabriel Deck, and Josh Hall, we don't know if those guys are NBA players. Yeah, even next year. Yeah. So, you know, you gave them a combined, let's see what it is. It's been a combined you know, 23, 29, you know, about 31 minutes combined. That's a lot of time. When you're playing against guys that, you know, Brandon Ingram's and Lonzo Balls. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just hard to, it's hard to keep up. So, uh, 
The Thunder did cut down their turnovers. It's remarkable. They're down to 22 last night, uh, for crying out loud. Uh, after what, 29-27, the previous two games, franchise records both nights. So, yeah. Uh, they're not. It's not a very good offense in in Oklahoma City these days. And they shot thirty eight percent, twenty eight percent from three, and twenty two turnovers. That will get you beat. The question is not how how did they lose. It's how did they stay so close. Yeah, I mean they've, they've got the, points. They've got the worst offense in the NBA. Obviously, that efficiency has just cratered ever since Shea Gilgis Alexander has been out, and it wasn't particularly good before his injury. But yeah. It, Really, the the deciding swing was was the last six minutes of the second quarter. I thought the Pelicans finished the first half on a nineteen to three run. The Thunder made one basket in the final six minutes. It was a Moses Brown dunk, and you just, I mean, you talking about Poku? He was three of sixteen. Basically, was six of fifteen. Dort, he was five of twelve. Finished with seventeen points, but like eleven of them were in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, when the game was out of reach, so. Um, that didn't do a whole heck of a lot. And then C had 12 off the bench. Roby had um, 13. So, yeah, I mean, the Pelicans. And, are- you know, and I, will, I will say this. You know, trash and the reputation of Beck and Hall and Charlie Brown Jr. But the best part of the game for the Thunder, start of the second quarter, they're down, they're down 11 after one quarter. And Dagnall trots out. Lineup of Sfee, Ty Jerome, and Roby, plus Charlie Brown Jr. and Gabriel Deck. And they played that fivesome. They played uh, basically five minutes together. And they got to 39 38. They even took the lead at one point. And they, they made up virtually all of that 11 point deficit before they said enough of that and, um, and switched up the lineup. So, um, you know, but, 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 <laughs> it wasn't like these guys were terrible. I mean, I, they held up. They held up, and frankly, that they were on the court during the best part of the game for the Thunder. You know what? I wish we could do. I wish we could like go back in time, but listen our have ourselves listen to this podcast and what you just said, talking about Gabriel Deck and Charlie Brown Jr playing on the floor together, and it would be like, what in the world are we even talking? What is this? What team are you even covering? <laughs> Who are these guys? I don't think yeah. I was aware of I, – I was aware of Charlie Brown just because I think the Thunder actually played the Hawks um, last year when, when he was out there, and the name uh, isn't very hard to to remember. But Gabriel Deck, I had no idea who that was um, before they yeah. signed him. No, I didn't either. I mean uh- – there's always Charlie Brown's running around, <laughs> running around planet Earth. People have senses of humor. So, but I, <laughs> I didn't know. Heck, and he's out there with, uh, well, it's not out there like he's out there with Wilt West and Baylor. He's out there with uh, Hey Luke, Jerome, and Isaiah Roby. Yeah. By the way, I thought Roby was fantastic. Roby was good. He's really good. He's, he's raising his ceiling. Yeah, he he had a I forgot when it was, but he had a step back three, and it just kind of made me pause a little bit and be like, you know, that's that's something because the Thunder he started playing as this small ball center, and, and he still he still does that quite a bit, but he can he can handle the ball some, he can step yeah. out and, and shoot it, he can defend multiple positions, like he's really um, 
you know, I, I know the Thunder views him this way, but but a modern NBA player who is like fits the positionless basketball brand. Yeah, and he's to me. I mean, I have to go through the lineup, but he'd have to. He's raised his stock by as much as anybody because. You know, you remember before the year, I didn't even know what position he played. I had even the wrong. I thought he's a perimeter player, and you had to correct me. Um, but it turns out, you know, he's a pretty good hand, and I could see, I could see him helping a good team. I don't know if he's like the eighth best player on a good team. I don't know if that's possible, but he's probably at least the tenth best player on a good team. Yeah, I mean, I could see him helping. Like last season, he would have helped the Thunder if he plays like this. And that was a good team. So, yeah, he's. I think he's really sort of solidified his future. Um, I, I remember so, – so when the Thunder made that trade, um, they traded Justin Patton to the Mavericks. It was the, – the Mavs immediately weighed – a waived patent. So um, it was just like a salary issue for them. And they got Roby who had like one of the richest deals for a second round pick and like guaranteed money. And I remember you picked me up at my apartment because uh, my car was in the shop or something like that. And I told you like the Thunder just made a trade and we we're like, why are they, why this is a second round pick that's like out with a foot injury who has like guaranteed money. What in the world is this deal all about? And it still made no sense last year because he played like three games and didn't even go to the bubble because of the plantar fasciitis issue. And now he's like a real player and you can see what the thunder saw in him. Yeah. It's uh, I, he's from the university of Nebraska. There was a time when I was an expert on, uh, Players from the University of Nebraska, you know, Ron Brune, Eric Strickland, Eric Pikowski, Vincent Hamilton, Rich King. Those are all guys from the 90s. I knew them well. I had no idea Isaiah Roby was from the University of Nebraska. So he was a total unknown to me. And even this season, going into the season, total unknown to me. But he's he's shown he's a pretty good player. Well, I'm, and I'm sure he's still a total unknown to most to 95% of NBA fans or perhaps 99% um, who aren't, who aren't watching the thunder, by the way, my favorite Isaiah Roby moment, maybe of the season is so this morning, or we're, we're actually recording this on Friday, but on Thursday morning, the morning in the NFL draft, he tweeted like great day to be a Jaguars fan. And first off, I am just like curious how I understand if you're, you know, from Jacksonville, but Isaiah Roby is from Dixon, Illinois. He went to Nebraska. He plays in Oklahoma City now. And I was just like, this is, that's a very strange franchise to be a fan of. Um, and then, like, the Jaguars team account retweeted Isaiah Roby. And I was like, this is even more strange. So I asked Isaiah Roby about it after the game. Um, and he said that, like, he played quarterback growing up and he really, <laughs> he, he thought he resembled David Garrard. Um, and was a Maurice Jones Drew fan. And ever since then, he's been a Jaguars fan. And, and I think he said Jerome Robinson, who's one of the Jags running backs, like played in his uh, division or conference in high school or, or something along those lines. But I thought, I thought that was very interesting. Isaiah Roby, a, a noted Jacksonville Jaguars fan. That's, that is fascinating. I can't believe – there can't be more than a hundred Jaguar fans in America <laughs> who don't have some personal tie to the team or some geographic link to the team. 
just can't be. It's <laughs> impossible. And he's one of the hundred. So that's pretty cool. He, that's a more exclusive club than playing in the NBA. He should form like a – he could be the president of like the Jaguars Club of Oklahoma or something like that. Yeah, or – or the Western, you know, or, or the, uh, you know, the, what would be the Trans America Club <laughs> and, you know, anything West of the Appalachian Trail. Um, it's, uh, this is very strange karma. I haven't thought of David Gerard in like years and years, the old Jacksonville quarterback. I actually typed his name just about an hour ago. I'm doing some NFL draft. Research. No way. That's crazy. I'm doing some NFL draft quarterback stuff. And he's, you know, was a, he was a, one of the, uh, one of the top five picks among quarterbacks in whatever year. I can't remember. Oh, four or five, somewhere in there. Anyway, two David Gerard instances come into my mind on the one Friday morning in April in the year of our Lord, 2021. Very, very strange. That is strange. Also like, I remember – I'm a little bit older than Isaiah Roby is. I, I, I certainly remember David Gerard, but, like, some of these guys, I, I, I think, like, could be too young to even remember him. So when he said his – he thought his game resembled David Gerard, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. I, I, I wouldn't even know that you knew who that was. That is odd for this reason. He's not – see, uh, he's way – he hadn't, couldn't be very young. When Gerard was picked, let's see if I can find. Yeah, Isaiah, I, I'm looking up. I, I think Isaiah Roby's 24. No, he's 23. He just turned 23. Just turned 23. Okay, David Gerard went in the uh, 2000 and <laughs> oh 2002 draft. So when he was drafted. Isaiah Roby was like three years old, four years old. Yeah, Roby was born in February of 98. He, he said he remembered like a – he thinks it was an 08 or 09 playoff game against the Patriots. And I looked it up, and I think they did play in the 08 playoffs. So that 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 would line up. Um, I did not think we'd talk about this for this long, but it's kind of my favorite part of the podcast so far. Well, I mean, here's <laughs> the deal. David Garrard um, – he was basically the Jaguars quarterback in 06, 07, 08, 09, and 10. So if, if Robbie was born in 98, he could have been, yeah, he could have been 10 or 11, 9, 10, 11. You could remember that. Yeah. Uh, if he was going to be six, I was going to call BS, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll go ahead and give it. I'll, I'll go ahead and give him that. Plus, I mean, if you know David Gerard, you know David Gerard for crying out loud. Not everybody. Yeah, you don't just pull that name like no, it's not no. what everyone knows. Not Eli Manning or Michael yeah. Fitt. <laughs> Gerard, the pride of East Carolina University. Yeah, I thought I thought that was um, pretty cool. Uh, just to wrap this one up, uh, well, by the way, I, I guess we should uh, say something about the Pelicans. Uh, Zion Williamson was quite good, 27 points, 12-24, Brandon Ingram. 24 points. It was really a two-man game. Lonzo Ball did not shoot the ball well, and he has been shooting the ball fantastically, uh, but he was 0 of 8 from 3. Didn't do a whole heck of a lot, but um, Zion Zion was a load. He, he got his points fairly easily. Um, I, I don't know anything stand out to you about. Well, I thought they really frustrated Zion there early in the uh... – Early in the game, he didn't get off to a great start, but the longer it went, they really, they really got on him pretty good. So yeah, the the one thing that stood out 
to me a little bit with Zion, and it's like I, I hate to like critique this guy's game at all because he's he's incredible and like he's doing stuff no one no one can do basically. But the defensive effort is 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 totally not there, and I know that's been the Pelicans' problem this season. So that's the one thing because like at Duke, he was such a dynamic. It seemed like he would block like three pointers, you know, with a foot in the paint, basically. Like he would just glide out there and and just was a, a force on that side too. And that seems to be the one part of his game that hasn't really translated. Who were they missing besides Stone Cold Stephen Adams? They were missing um, Shea Gilgis as Alexander's cousin, Nikhil oh, Alexander Walker, yeah. yeah. and yeah. Um, Josh Hart was also out. Okay. Um, well, that's three you know, rotational players, but their depth seems a little shaky to me. I mean, they they traded Drew Holiday and um, got some bunch of draft capital. You know, they're trying to – they're basically trying to swim in both rivers, you know, be good now but also build for the future. I think it's cost them their depth because that was not a good bench last night, I didn't think. So um, – no. Why they're 28 and 35. Yeah, you look at that starting lineup and you think that they could be a little bit better just because, um, you know, they're missing Adams. Willie Hernan Gomez started, but Ingram Williamson could be Adams, Bledsoe, Ball. It's a pretty solid group. And Ingram, I, I just – I love Ingram every time I watch him play. I, I just think he's so smooth out there and, and is such yeah. a good offensive player. Um, and Zion is is just – like I said, a force, but yeah, they're, they're missing some depth. I like some of those young guys. Um, I don't know what Jackson Hayes will ever turn into the born in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, and uh, Kyra Lewis showed a little bit. So I think he's kind of be, going to be a fun player to watch as well. But yeah, there's, there's still some building to do around that roster. I, I had no idea James Johnson was in New Orleans. Did he, was he in the George Hill trade? Former former Thunder James Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Was he in? Uh, I couldn't keep. He up. was in like the uh, Justin Jackson tr- trade. Justin Jackson. How we hardly knew the Charlie Brown Jr. is wearing Justin Jackson's number forty four. It did not. Uh... Did Justin Jackson get picked up by anybody? Yes, the Bucks. He's in Milwaukee. Well, good for him. Yes. Um, Maybe he'll win a, an NBA championship ring. I'd sign me up for that. Sign me up. That's what that's what he's saying. <laughs> um, by the How way, about, uh, who else got somebody else got uh, released? Who was it? Thunder released somebody this year uh, besides Jackson. Didn't they release two guys? Uh, Darius Miller was way. Yeah, yeah. Darius Miller has Darius Miller been picked up? I do not think so. Okay. Um, yeah. Doing some real time research. Well, that's too bad because uh, I know. Yeah, he's not been picked up. He's probably through with. Uh, yeah, I would say that might be the end of his NBA career. Um, it was. It was kind of. I know no one's in the seat, so who cares? But kind of sad to see Stephen Adams not play in his second return trip to OKC. Uh, let me tell you what. I was not in the seats. I was at my house, and I was very sad to not see Adams <laughs> play. So I think the whole state of Oklahoma was very sad. Yeah. And that's probably one reason why the Pelicans didn't bolt away and whoop up on the Thunder even more, because um, 
he'd, he'd shore up some of those defensive deficiencies. Yeah, he's, he's dealing with a foot injury, and the Pelicans were playing on the second night of a back-to-back after losing at Denver. Um, very wild things happened in the the lottery race last night, just pulling it up. By the way, Kevin Porter Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., not Michael Porter Jr., scored 50 points um, in, in a Rockets win. And then the Timberwolves, do I have this right? The Timberwolves beat the Warriors. I think I'm remembering yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. So th- those that's two right. teams still have a pretty good cushion um, on the on the Thunder. But the Timberwolves, I, I, I'll say the Rockets have a pretty good cushion. They're still three games clear <laughs> of the number two in Detroit. But Minnesota, suddenly winners of four straight. Uh, the Thunder's only a game and a half back of the reverse standings uh, of the Timberwolves. And, like, I don't know what – like if you're a Minnesota fan, you got to be you got to be a little annoyed right now. Like they're, I, I I get that wins are good that they've got all their guys playing together after not ever playing together. But like Minnesota, this is this is like malpractice if they win four straight. Well, the, you said it when they have when they have uh, D'Angelo Russell and um, and. Yeah, and do playing with Anthony Edwards. They're actually not a bad team this year. Yeah, that's the that's the thing is that we just never saw that version of them earlier. Yeah. So um they've got some winnable games down the stretch. They got New Orleans Saturday. They could win that game. They got Memphis. They could win that game. Later they go to Orlando. They go to Detroit. So Minnesota, the the Thunder could fall below Minnesota, and that would be manna from heaven if that so, um, yeah, kudos to the, uh, to the Timberwolves. Um, so uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a blessing for the Thunder. No. The, the difference between four and five, so four has a 48% chance at a top four pick, five has a 42% chance, and number one overall, four has a 12.5% chance and five has a ten and a half. So not huge, but certainly every every percentage point counts and 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 that and you want as many as you can. And now here's what's interesting about Minnesota. Their top three pick or their pick this year is top three protected. Otherwise it goes to Golden State. I know that's crazy. So they have a lot of incentive to to finish you know the, with the worst record possible. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, – uh, now, they might just – they might say, you know what, let's just get it over with because if it if it does not convey to Golden State this year, it's unprotected in 22. So – but, you know, they, they'd they a lot rather have one of those top three picks. You put a – you put a top – one of these top three picks on the Timberwolf roster, and all of a sudden you've got quite a bit of talent running around. So – you know, I don't know. I uh, never underestimate Minnesota Timberwolves' ability to screw up something for <laughs> 25 years. Probably the second worst franchise in the NBA. Uh, so, but that, that's are something to putting, keep an eye on. Are you putting the Kings last? Kings, Kings number one. Sacramento number one. No doubt about it. Um, but uh, but yeah, come on, keep keep winning, Minnesota. That's what we say here in Oklahoma City. Keep winning, Minnesota.
Speaking of winnable games, the Thunder has one Saturday against the Pacers, so that'll be that'll be tricky. They get anybody back? Pacers have anybody back? Um, I, I'm not Herman, sure. I guess they're 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 getting close to playing with the minimum. They're they're dealing with a ton of injuries, um, but but we'll see we'll see who's back um, for the Pacers and see how that one goes it's uh it's winding down we'll see what deck does in his uh second game with the thunder we'll see what sort of exploration is 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 going on who else might sit but um that will wrap it up for us today thank you guys for listening to the thunder buddies podcast and we will be back with you on saturday night for the thunders game against the pacers